Welcome to episode 61 of the Bucket Seat Podcast. In this episode, I speak with the one and only Christopher Pagani. And if you don't already recognize his name, this show should give a pretty well-rounded understanding of what his business is, what they do, and just how special the things they make are. We'd originally planned to record this episode in person, but for many reasons, ended up chatting via Skype just a few months ago. It was a great conversation, and one that I don't expect to forget anytime soon. I'm your host, Trevor Byrne, and this is the Bucket Seat Podcast. Okay, so I'm delighted to be here and able to host a call with Christopher Pagani. So Christopher is the head of marketing and public relations at no other than Pagani Automobili America. So Christopher, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. Okay, so for any of you car lovers who've been living under a rock, I'm going to let Christopher give a brief description of what Pagani is. So Christopher, maybe just take us through the the broad strokes of of what um, of what it is of what Pagani Automobili America is. So Pagani Automobili America is the North American headquarters of the Pagani Automobili. They are based in uh, Italy, in the region of Emilia Romagna, but in the city of Modena. That's more specific. It's uh, it's a business my family started. Uh, 21 years ago and um, our first car was the Pagani Zonda and this is actually our first celebration this year of the 20th anniversary of the first car oh, wow, so yeah. after the it's a short uh, story so it's uh, not like the other big uh, brands like Ferrari and Lamborghini but it's been it's been a big uh, achievement for for the family when I say family, it's because um, everybody is involved uh, on, 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 on my family side, my mm-hmm. father, my mother, my brother and I. So it's about 150 employees uh, in Italy. Wow. And uh, we have about a team of five people in the U.S. and the same thing in uh, Hong Kong for Asia. And um, we design and build uh, uh, everything. So it's... Uh, <laughs> pretty much a hand handcrafted car and um, we after the Zonda we developed the Wira that's actually a North American spec car so that's a car you can find uh, also in Canada and, and US awesome I love it so I mean it's very quick if anyone listening right now wants more background just literally type it into Google and you will see some of the most beautiful and incredible machines you've probably ever seen on top of being a work of art, they are uh, some of the highest performance machines I think that we've we've seen, especially ones that, um, that you're still allowed to drive on the road too. <laughs> yes, we are. Actually, yeah. you just said something that it's very part of our uh, our our philosophy. Art and science can walk together. This is what my father always wanted to bring to the company because he, because of his love for Leonardo da Vinci and the Renaissance. So art is design and science is technology. So you combine these two things together and you bring this to a, an automotive uh, piece. And uh, 
we we've 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 heard from clients that they see the car more as a piece of art or they enjoy as much uh, as they enjoy the design the performance so it's it's a it's a very special combination yeah yeah it certainly is i mean it's uh, i i have yet to see one in person but next week i think we were talking before we started recording I will see my first ever, and uh, I'm looking forward to that next week. So I'm going to take a million photos, and I'm sure you'll be tagged all <laughs> over them as I get them up on the, the Bucket Seat account. So, well, thank you for the, the background on that, Christopher. So um, what we're going to do now is move into a set of questions that I use for all of my guests, and I always find it more and more interesting as I find new guests uh, on the show to hear the way that they've answered these versus my previous guests. And so I'm excited to get into these, and it's starting at the beginning where we do with everyone. So so what was it that got you into cars? What was it that inspired or hooked you? Now, that's a loaded question for you because we've yeah. talked a little bit about this, but um, but give us your answer on that. So I, I, I was really born into cars like my brother was. So I have an older brother. He's 31. I'm 30. And, I, and we were always surrounded by carbon fiber parts and and since we were kids we were always uh, exploring this uh, with my father and um where we were born and raised is a is a city a city of modena where it's very famous for mechanical engineering for mm-hmm. for engines when it comes to ferrari and the heritage of uh, of the sport cars are pretty much there so i i had a passion for for cars since i was a kid I've never been forced from my family to really work for the company, but uh, since I I really enjoy this, and I I believe my brother too, we we slowly got into it, and now we're part uh, part of the company. Right. Yeah. I mean, there's there's no second guessing the fact that um, you were you were born into this in the in the sense that I don't think you could have passed up a love for automotive at that point. <laughs> You're so surrounded yeah. by it. So what was the what was the first car that you ever owned? So, well, that's a funny story. I never, uh, you know, you 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 learn how to drive also when you don't have uh, the driving license, right. driver's license. So, my, my cousin had a Fiat Panda, the very very cheap uh, and uh, an inexpensive uh, Fiat. Right. Yeah. And uh, I, I think my first drive was uh, in uh, one of those, and then um, when it came for me to drive a uh, first car. We always been uh, um, related to Mercedes Benz because mm-hmm. we use uh, Mercedes Benz engines AMG in our cars. Right. So it was a used uh, Mercedes Benz CLK, mm-hmm. and it was being used for my dad, my mom. And <laughs> nice. It was the last one, so yeah. I got to use it. It was pretty old already, but it worked. It was a it was a phenomenal car for to start. That's awesome. And in Italy, at what age are you allowed to drive legally on your own? Eighteen. Eighteen. Okay. Yeah. Same. Yeah. Same as here. Okay. So then, uh, moving into what was the first car that you purchased yourself? So the first car I bought it's a Mini Cooper uh, Sport Pack, and it's a nineteen ninety six. So it's one of the last ones of the first model. Right. Wow. And uh, and. Uh, I really loved that car since I was a I was a kid, and my father actually really loved it because he remember <laughs> when those cars were winning the Monaco Rally, 
uh, and those things. So the day I went to buy it, my father was more excited than me. I was like <laughs> all over and I, and I took it home and I, it's my daily driver. I, I, I love it in, in Italy, then in the U.S., Mercedes-Benz right. as well, again. Awesome. Oh, that's amazing. <laughs> Did you ever tinker with your cars? Like when you had them, were you modifying things? Were you changing body panels? Were you doing any kind of engine upgrades? What What was your kind of relationship like with the, with the, your cars? Well, I I did some uh, because I when I was a kid, maybe when I was in, in 17, 18 years old, uh, it was a very big time for Fast and Furious. Yeah, right. So it was <laughs> it was really really a uh, lot of uh, lot of uh, enjoyment on that. Yeah. But uh, it was more probably on the on the interiors and not on the engine. Yeah. And um, it was fun. It was fun. And I always loved motorcycles. Mm-hmm. So a lot of uh, motorcycles modified repainted I, I i did pretty much uh, the whole thing i like it that's it i mean you it's so funny how much of a common thread that is with so many of my guests i'm gonna have to go back and put together a montage of all of the times that everyone has <laughs> said whether they like it or not fast and furious fast was a big furious. was a was a really big influence on a lot of uh, on a lot of people's lives and uh, and so for good or for bad it, i think that it was uh, it's an undeniable force so I'm, I'm, it's so funny to hear that coming from you too it certainly made its way around the world let me uh, tell you this. My brother's first car was a Honda S2000. No way. Because he loved the right. Fast and Furious. So uh, he still has uh, it. Oh, man. I still want one. <laughs> uh, you, okay. you should buy one. It's yeah, good, good seriously. Car. They are. And you know what? It's not crazy uh, in terms of pricing these days if you can find oh, a good one. Um, okay. So on that note, it's a good kind of segue. What was the cool car that everyone had to have when you were in high school? Well, probably... Italy is very big into Alfa Romeos, mm-hmm. so I I've seen many of modified Alfa Romeos or uh, like a convertible two seater cars. Yep. I remember I really loved, for example, the when it comes to Mercedes Benz, the SLK. Mm-hmm. It was a very nice car for the time, the Z4. Yeah, uh, and with like the M3 engine, it was a it, it was a big hit. But um, there was really no 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 one car. It was uh, different different ones. Right, right. So it's not going to fall in line with the one that was everyone had to have in my in my uh, school, which was the five liter Mustang, the Fox Body Mustang. Everyone thought they had to have that, or they go the other route uh, and they wanted a Honda Civic so that they could modify it. Nice, <laughs> yeah, nice. <laughs> it loved it. Um, okay, so. What is your daily driver or stable of daily drivers today in uh, in Connecticut or in Miami, uh, wherever you are in the U.S.? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> pretty much everywhere. Yeah. So as a, as 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 the 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 the, the relationship with Mercedes, mm-hmm. the family mostly drives a Mercedes. So Italy, U.S., everywhere we are, we because of the of, of the passion we have for what we do mm-hmm. and what we share with them. We always have Mercedes-Benz cars. I still have to buy one here. 
So, <laughs> but I'm looking at the C63 AMG for a daily driver. Yeah, I think it's gonna be fun. That's awesome. Yeah, that's a great one. All I want is an AMG wagon. I have two young kids, and oh, so wow. I just, you know, I want to be able to throw them in there and do the C63. I love uh, wagon cars. Yeah, I love wagon cars. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's funny, and I'm sure you get asked it a lot. I mean, to be honest, it doesn't surprise me because I've spoken to a lot of people who've gone through and have been. Uh, associated with or involved with pretty successful and very interesting companies that they're going, wait a minute, so your daily driver isn't a Zonda? It's not a Huayra? <laughs> you know, it's it's not one of these things that um, that you are always driving those products as much as I'm sure you would love to be. I mean, they're super limited yeah. numbers and you've got, I'm sure, a line years long for some of these vehicles too. So yeah. we'll get to that though. We'll get to that. What I do want to end with uh, the beginning phase of your fascination and involvement in the automotive world is one that, you know, we can't get around. And and I think it's something I'm sure is you're very proud of is is with your father and with um, Horacio uh, as your father building supercars and growing up around him. How how did that influence? I mean, we talked about earlier, it was undeniable the influence, but what was it like growing up with someone like him? Was it... Was it a constant education in automotive or was it, you'd, you'd mentioned it before, was it a, an education that was a balance between the art and science of life? What, give us a little bit of a background on that. Well, I'll, um, I'll start by saying that definitely my father and also my mother were, were very important for, for my brother and I when we were, when we were kids. Mm-hmm. But I think what my what what both of them really wanted to teach me is uh, hard work, because if you go back to how my father started, he came from a family that had a bakery shop. They 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 produce bread uh, and pasta every day. So mm-hmm. yeah, they right. don't they don't know anything about cars, mm-hmm. and they never supported my father into her, his his passion. So he really had to work hard, everything by himself to achieve everything he did in his life. And I think what we really wanted to share with uh, my brother and I is that, uh, of course, the only way to go somewhere uh, and 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 do something in your life is if if you work hard. Mm-hmm. So and I think it's common. You have a dream and you want to achieve your dream, and the only way. Uh, is uh, you're not going to get any gift from anybody. So you really have to do your thing. Absolutely. And, and I think this is probably what then brought my father and I to be more like friends. Uh, now, uh, when we were a kid, when, when I was a kid, it was, uh, it was, it was tough because he's uh, not an easy, not an easy father because of all his uh, commitment with his uh, job. Yeah, of course. But today, I, 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 I know that if I, if I sit in a car, I, I can potentially tell you pretty much how to produce it and how to do it. And, and, and I can do some of those things myself because I've been since a kid uh, instructed on, on how a car is made and, and, and all these things. So I, I, I was not the son of the owner. I was just uh, one of those. It has to learn and really work hard. So that's amazing. This is probably this is probably the hardest part. Yeah. And today, when I look at my father, I look at him as a more like a brother than a father because we spend so much time together now every day that mm-hmm. uh, it's uh, it's the only way that you can uh, 
also keep the family side and the, and the working side together. Yeah, that's. I mean, that's beautiful. That I, that's a really that's a really great way to be able to uh, maintain your relationship with your with your dad. Now, you talked about your mom too. In terms of, I know you'd said this is a whole family affair. Does she, in terms of uh, working within the company, I mean, how does she uh, play a role am- amongst all of this as well? Because uh, clearly, a very important person in your life. Yeah, I mean, she supported my father since mm-hmm. day one. This yeah. is not uh, now that I now that I think about it, I'm pretty sure it was not easy. Yeah. So um, he, she's been there uh, every day. Also, she's been working very hard and also taking care of uh, my brother and I when we were kids. Yeah. So she's been involved in the company since day one to do uh, purchase uh, department to 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 work on carbon fiber parts. She knows how to do things. So today, today she's the CEO of the company. So my father is the yeah. president, and my mom is the CEO of the company. Right. So she's a, she's a she has a very big role. Uh, of course, now she's uh, she's she's more looking than uh, than active. Yeah. Uh, she has a big role now in uh, all the new facility when it comes to museum, all all the more like the social side of it. But it's, uh, yeah, it's every day. She's there. I, I, I still love it. That's awesome. What an incredible family. It's a uh, super unique family business to have. That's for sure. <laughs> so, okay. So tell us, let's go to you. What In terms of your role, you're the head of marketing and public relations. And for you, you know, give us a little bit of an idea of um, what that really entails. Um, so, so in, in North America, globally, how, um, how does it all work? So as we said before, uh, all cars are produced and designed in Italy. Mm-hmm. So one of the one of the major markets is uh, is North America, and um, which means that we have to educate uh, all the markets to understand at first who Pagani is, mm-hmm. uh, and we've been uh, working very uh, very hard to find uh, the dealership network that we need to support not only the sales side that it's important but on our side is also the after sales and the customer care oh right uh, when it when it comes to this uh to this uh, very expensive cars mm-hmm. so my role in in the office is to work uh, with the dealers to uh, promote the brand to get the brand awareness mm-hmm. to get the people to understand who we are Right. So it's a very big thing because, uh, for example, North America just started to see cars only, I mean, less than 10 years ago. So it's a very young brand mm-hmm. and uh, there are a lot of work. There's, there is a lot of work to do. And uh, we have marketing plans for every single region. And then we have corporate events to do uh, locally, press uh, events and, and, and journalists and all the different outlets when it comes to finance automotive uh, design and other different things and uh, as well it's um, it's uh, it's the role that we me as a as, as part of the family to go and uh, and have a social kind of uh, um, approach to, to to all the different dealers and clients that we have in the market so right. it's still a very family owned uh, business and they, they expect uh, uh, to 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 spend time with the with with the the, uh, the family. Yeah, so th- this is also why I'm here. 
Yeah, exactly. I mean, I keep saying unique, but it really is an unbelievably unique approach for an automaker to be able to have a direct tie in that first and second generation of the family right to your dealer body in the network. They must find a lot of security and faith in that as well. It's interesting. I mean, how many how many dealers do you have in North America or globally? Yeah, in North America, is about seven dealers in all the major markets between California, Florida, as we said, Connecticut, mm-hmm. and uh, and then we have uh, Texas. Uh, in um, in Canada, uh, we we cover Vancouver, Toronto, and mm-hmm. Montreal. So right. uh, we we try to we try to uh, cover all the major areas in the U.S. and North America. And then we have globally uh, between 25 and 30 dealership that covers, of course, Europe, Middle East, mm-hmm. Asia, and uh, all the Emirates, uh, Australia. It's, um, it's, it's, it's fun because it's a small amount of cars mm-hmm. all over the world. So we, right. we, we approach clients from uh, Australia to Saudi Arabia and then uh, uh, in the U.S., you see it. You have a client from New York that is completely different from the client from uh, Florida. Right. It's different from the one in Vancouver. So yeah. we really enjoy the 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 the, 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 the all the different kind of clients that we can approach and all the different stories that we hear hear from them because they they teach us how to do cars because they bring they they take us uh, their their experience and, and this right. is how we build our our brand. That's amazing. And especially the people you're dealing with that have had a a certain level of success in their lives and in their careers to afford them something um, as special as one of the Pagani products. I mean, the stories you must get from them, it's a a treasure trove of stories of success and and probably failure too. I'm sure a lot of them have seen a lot of that. I must say, you know, for with FAF in Canada, I do have to shout out to Lawrence and the FAF team at this point for uh, for connecting us on this interview. Without uh, without them and without him, this certainly wouldn't have happened. So that is where I'm headed to see the uh, uh, that is where I'm headed to see the Huayra Roadster BC next week, and I'm super excited uh, to check that out. Now, okay, so let's just I want to go back into the business though. I mean, with that many players. Um, with a lot on the line, with a very expensive product that's being offered for customers and, of course, for the dealers and the aftermarket support and everything. Sorry, not aftermarket, the after-sales support uh, as well that has to happen to support the vehicles and maintenance and all that stuff. There's a lot of moving parts and not necessarily ones that you can engineer or manufacture physically, but ones that have to be handled in a much different way. So in terms of the challenges that that you see with the Pagani brand... You know, what would you say are some of the the biggest or what are maybe the most frust- frustrating and gratifying things about working in this business for you? Well, as you said, there are, when you are on, on this side of the business is where you also see the very positive and the very negative. So mm-hmm. we are definitely more on the positive side because we we we, we are still here today after 21 years. Right. And uh, and I can tell you it's not easy because you can uh, be successful with one car, mm-hmm. but then you have to get the second car to be successful as well. And right. then you have to move on and, and, and do and, and continue to push on uh, on this very, very hard market. We we find we found ourselves. Uh, what's the very positive is that we created something that was uh, not there. So we found our niche when it comes to 
as we said, art and science, yeah. uh, technology, materials, uh, hand, uh, handmade, uh, the, 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 the design, the, the, the details, uh, and uh, pretty much thanks to our uh, partners when it comes to build a car like that, Mercedes, AMG, Brembo, Pirelli, Bosch, all mm -hmm. these major companies, they've seen the positive side of the Pagani brand because they're together with us since uh, uh, since many years. And, uh, and, and of course, spending time with them, it's uh, great for the company because we, we bring a lot of uh, uh, knowledge to, to the product. And, um, and the really positive thing is uh, our clients, uh, the, mm -hmm. the people, they approach us because uh, we are like that today we're like this today thanks to them because we we've been learning from what they are looking for in the car industry mm -hmm. and uh my father always says i'm not doing the car for me here i'm not designing the pagani car that it's me on a car i'm trying to design what the people expect from a pagani car so it's a it's a relationship kind of thing that you have to spend so much time and effort to understand what's the future sometimes mm -hmm. you don't know you don't know what's going to happen in 20 years right but you have to design a car that comes out in the next five six years so it's uh it's really it's really tough that's crazy but it's uh it's really enjoyable yeah i mean the especially now and i'll ask it a little bit later but um you know the automotive industry is changing a lot there are a lot of new things happening and and we'll talk about that in a little bit um but before we do that I want to talk about obviously one of the things you are i'm sure are very proud of at this point which is uh the vehicle that i'm going to see next week the huayra roadster bc and so for anyone who hasn't heard of it or knows of it this is a very special car if i'm not mistaken maybe a hundred units is that is it 100 units so when we go special projects we yep. always go on a smaller scale yeah so 100 was the huayra roadster yeah and uh, uh, normally after the Roadster, it comes the Roadster BC. Mm -hmm. So BC stands for Benny Cayola. It was it was the Pagani first ever owner, mm -hmm. um, and it's uh, forty units plus uh, four prototypes. Amazing! So wow. it's a it's a smaller it's a smaller uh, amount of cars, and it's uh, when you look at it, it looks a little similar mm -hmm. because uh, it still keep the family design of the roadster yeah but if you get closer to it and you'll see it the uh, next time you go yeah uh to, to 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 see it real it's a completely different car and the engine is a completely new platform the first time ever amg approved uh, pagani to call the engine pagani v12 oh this, wow uh, no way never yeah never happened after 25 years of working <laughs> with them so it's Crazy. uh it's an it's an amazing achievement for for uh, Pagani more mm -hmm. than for Mercedes, and uh, there is a lot of a uh, lot of new things in the car, new carbon fiber. Uh, we, my father has been one of the pioneers on uh, on carbon fiber, yes, composite right. materials. So the amount of knowledge that we have in carbon fiber and these uh, composite materials really takes us to to the next level. Materials that are extremely complicated extremely <laughs> uh, extremely lightweight and also extremely expensive so 
uh, only on a small scale you can produce cars like this because uh, it's impossible to reproduce the same amount of technology on a, on a larger scale because it's uh, too expensive to to then create something of course. Um, and the attention to detail, too, is just mind-blowing. And again, I've only ever seen photos and lots of video coverage of just the most minute of details are covered, especially in this car that, you know, there just aren't... I don't think that you could ever achieve that on a large scale or large volume. It's just not the same amount of... Maybe there could be the same amount of care uh, put into it at that scale. But I mean, I think for what you're doing, um, it makes sense that there is a very limited number of them. And, you know, I'm sure there's a very limited number when you bring them up to to to, to sell. I mean, are all of them pre-sold? I mean, how does that work for you? I and mean, is everybody, you know, are they fighting over each other to try to get in line for one? I mean, what we've seen is that uh, Pagani owners, they always, uh, they have so much trust in the brand that they buy also things that they haven't seen. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So we've been uh, had we we had waiting list for this car since uh, since many years. <laughs> so it's a it's a it's a good it's a good thing. Yeah, it's a very good uh, part of the business to to have um, clients that are really uh, keen to buy pretty much everything. Also, if you don't show them a picture uh, way before, uh, now they all seen it and they all love it. Right. Yeah. It's um, it's of course. A big, uh, also for us, a big responsibility mm-hmm. because uh, when you have so much uh, trust on uh, on the other side, you have to deliver. <laughs> so, <laughs> excuse me. So it's um, it's definitely um, a very sweet uh, spot to be. Uh, we we work very hard to get our cars to be very lightweight because uh, today. You can uh, you can get the power there when you have a twin turbo engine. You can uh, you can go more than a thousand or horsepower if you want. Mm-hmm. But what what's good for us? It's the drivability. You have to have fun with the car. You have it has to be lightweight. It has to be it has to feel something. Mm-hmm. When when we say this, it's because when you normally go up with uh, horsepower, you go up with also the amount of electronics you need mm-hmm. to control it and also the weight. So we try always to have a good compromise on the amount of power, the amount of uh, weight, uh, the kilos, and and the and the enjoyment of driving it. Right. Yeah, I mean it still comes with such a such an exquisite interior as well to look at in the Huara. Um when I'm looking at the BC, um, I'm interested to see that too because I know that it's lighter if I'm not mistaken it's lighter than the coupe. Yes, and... 100% yeah and then um that new motor so is that is that this is that a six liter uh twin turbo is that what that is yeah six liter v12 uh, twin turbo engine and it's uh just it's a bullet yeah right (laughs) i i drove this car back in uh back in june when i when i when i went home for a few days Mm -hmm. and it's uh i i took it at 6 a.m when there's no traffic yeah just just to just to enjoy the car a little bit more and it was just uh it was it was a concert of uh of right. pure sound and and and, and the, for the first time ever uh the pagani exhaust is not only four pipes mm-hmm. you'll see it mm-hmm. and we normally have the four pipes this one has uh, six so you have four in always the same area and then mm-hmm. we we have two down at the bottom 
and uh, and the sound is just uh, is just unbelievable. That's one of the biggest things that I I, I I am attracted to in in automotive in a lot of ways is the um, that that sensory you know response that you get uh, to an amazing sounding car and. I, although I probably won't hear it fire up while I'm up there, I, I certainly will be tuning in to try to hear what that sounds like online. It's one of those things, I guess it's a good segue too into the the future of, of automotive. And when we think of um, autonomy or electrification, for you, what do you see? Is this a threat? Is this something that you are so niche and you have such a faithful following that you don't really see much of an issue on? I mean, what's your perspective on the, this kind of futuristic state? Let me say that um, Pagani is always uh, is always keen to uh, research and development. Mm-hmm. So we've been we've been pioneers in uh, carbon fiber materials like that, and we feel for sure that today in the market you'll see many cars you see many cars that, that approach the carbon fiber also way way after what we've done uh, since since day one. So. When it comes to electric cars, when it comes to hybrid cars, and all these uh, new, new, new trends in the in the automotive market, we cannot stay here and just uh, uh, be a spectator. So we also have to study what's going on. Mm-hmm. We have a team now of about uh, twenty five people working on a, a full electric car. Wow! This is a project that will come uh, later. It's uh, after the Roadster BC, there is the the name of the project uh, that it doesn't have the real name now. It's a C10. That's okay. the new coupe. Okay. Uh, after the wire says Zonda, wire and C10, it's the next big project. Oh, wow. It's And the C10 will be uh, two, uh, let's say three different models because it's going to be one with a stick shift. Okay. So you can uh, go back to manual. Awesome. Yeah. Uh, you'll have uh, one with the uh, with the uh, with the uh, AMT, mm-hmm. and then we have a full electric uh, platform. Wow. So on the same uh, car, we can express ourselves in different ways. Oh, this is what amazing. we're doing now. That's amazing. Yeah. Wow. Um. What's the? Are you allowed to say what the timeline is on that project? I mean, or um, or what, when do you see that coming to fruition? It's still early to talk about that, but uh, yeah. I, I won't say earlier than 2025. Oh, okay, that's amazing. That's I mean, it sounds like a long ways away, but it's not. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. Really not. <laughs> yeah. Um, okay, so I mean, that also kind of um, that also kind of answers my question about um, where you see Pagani in the next ten years, and if you're seeing any dramatic changes. I always like to say that even uh, for those who do end up going, you know, fully autonomous, electric is still totally fine on if we, as long as we can preserve our ability to drive on open roads. But um, maybe we'll be relegated to the worlds of almost driving country clubs where we <laughs> where we, we were able to go out and, and burn a bit of fuel or uh, or drive our own vehicles. But I think that there's a very bright future ahead. And, and what Pagani is doing is certainly at the forefront of all of that. I guess what we'll do is we'll we'll leave it. We'll leave it at that, Christopher, because I think we're, we're just about to the end of our time here. I will, I'll ask you kind of uh, for everyone listening where they can find Pagani. I mean, it's pretty straightforward when you get to Google, but give us where you're at uh, online um, one last time. So we have uh, pagani.com mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to a uh, website and then yep. uh, Pagani Automobili, it's either in Facebook mm-hmm. and uh, 
Instagram and uh, also YouTube channel yep. where we collect all the different videos, the fun, most fun ones yeah, we've been right. doing. Yeah. And um, and then you find us in Italy. So mm-hmm. we want as much as we can to show how cars are made. So we're open to the public for 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 uh, exploring uh, how how these cars are 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 made. That's right. And if I'm not mistaken, it's a very different approach that Pagani takes for factory tours than some of the other, I'll say, unnamed uh, Italian manufacturers. Um, it really is an open door policy that you allow everyone in to, to see what's going on there. Is that right? Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we have a muse. We have a museum that mm-hmm. is uh, the first part of the, of the tour, where you go a little bit over the story, the short story of the family mm-hmm. when my father was in Argentina with the first cars, and then uh, when he was in Lamborghini. We speak about Lamborghini because it's a big part of uh, my father's experience. It's been spending almost ten years with them. Right. Yeah. And uh, and then and then the Zondas, the Waira. And then you just walk inside the factory and you see what's uh, what's the what's the present and so what what's what's going on now. So cool, so cool. Well, listen, Christopher, thank you so so much for spending time with us, and I'm sure um, everyone who's listening is getting a lot out of this. I do encourage you to go online, do as much you know window shopping as you can, or if you're lucky enough to be able to um, to be in that bracket certainly drive or uh, dr- drive and appreciate. Um, I hope one of these days I, I get an opportunity to do that myself. But for now, um, this, this has been the Bucket Seat Podcast. I'm your host, Trevor Byrne. You can find us, The Bucket Seat, at The Bucket Seat, um, all over the web, on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, on all of those wonderful places. Do keep hitting me with all of your uh, questions, um, your show recommendations, suggestions, requests, all of those things. Um, and I'll certainly be getting back to you. We've got a new season coming up and um, this will be one of those great episodes. So stay tuned. We've got lots more ahead. And thanks for being on the show, Christopher. Oh, wait, wait. It's me again, everyone. Before you move on to your next podcast binge today, I wanted to encourage you to listen to something called the Double Clutch Podcast. It's hosted by Addie and Jerry of DoubleClutch.ca magazine. And it's a great way to get up to speed on what's happening in the product world of automotive. They have a ridiculous circuit of new cars they review on their site and their podcast. And if you have an interest in honest and humorous banter about new cars, make your way over to the Apple podcast and search for Double Clutch CA. I don't think you'll be disappointed. Also, if you want to get yourself into some incredibly badass auto-inspired footwear, check out Stripe Design for the best socks I've ever worn. They're the world's first high-performance driving sock with color and graphics inspired by the art, community, and heritage of motorsport. They're made in the USA and crafted utilizing the finest high-performance recycled fiber yarns. And like the machines that inspire us, their socks are designed with function first. They're durable, thin and light, breathable, and supportive with just a touch of compression to keep your feet performing at their best. They're rich in saturated color and the fine detail they capture, the essence of motorsport that you can wear every day. So go and check them out at stripedesign.com. That's S-T-R-I-I-P-E-D-E-S-I-G-N.com. I really do vouch for these guys. Phenomenal socks. They look amazing. And you will not be disappointed. 